News of the week for November 16th, 2019. Didn't Mrs. Fisk have a point you wanted to share about Guido McClunky? This time, Jason Cousineau and I, Eric Renderking Fisk, break news about presidential hopeful Liz Warren's thinly veiled astroturfing. The latest and astonishing archeological discoveries in the news. Pluto's a planet again. Mars has gas. A black hole yearning a star system at hyperspeed and the predictable unpredictability of impeachment. And a shout out to superfan Jeremy Johnson. Commentary on pop culture and current events through the perspective of film snobs and diesel punks. This is the Fedora Chronicles radio show for November 16th, 2019. Thanks for listening. clunky because there's there's two reasons why (laughs) i named this episode the way i've named it first and foremost we were we were recording last week's podcast and i said carol has a great point about all of this and then (laughs) and then we got to talking and i completely totally forgot about the point that I wanted to share with with the listeners that Carol made about one of the controversies that we've been talking about as far as the entire cosplay community. And the and the point that she wanted to make is is that how is this putting money in your pocket? How is this helping you? How is this controversy and getting upset over something somebody else did on the internet helping you to raise positive awareness about your product and what you're doing. How is it helping you? I mean, it's, it's a valid question. Yeah. yeah. And then she asked, have you ever noticed how quiet and angry I get when you embroil yourself in these controversies? How, how is this getting the dishes done or the laundry folded? I'm, I'm not sure. So we got to be careful with our priorities. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the point that she wanted to make. It was it was it was it was a rhetorical question, in the guise of if you don't change the subject, I'm going to kick your ass. Kind of a kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's see where 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 else are we going here? Where else are we going here with? This? I'm also adjusting our levels right now. So, by the way, and also, um, Jay was kind enough to um, uh, buy for us, me, the li- Yen Yu, the listeners, an external audio recorder uh, for the podcast. So, we actually have a better quality of audio. And, Jay, I can't thank you enough, Jay. No, no worries, man. Happy to do it. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're, Santa's gonna put something special underneath your stocking this year, or underneath <laughs> a tree for you. I don't know. So, um, we had a whole bunch of hot topics that Jay and I. But and by the way, we're also recording late <laughs> because the other thing that I wanted to t- to talk about on on um this 
this week's podcast, I want to talk about the concept of work and how um, your life is made harder by people who just coast. Well, yeah. The reason why your life at home or at work is is harder than it needs to be is because, and, and this is this is not an observation about any one place in particular. This is a universally known fact that everybody's life is made harder because of the slacker at work and because somebody didn't do their job you have to pick up the slack you have to work that much harder to make up the difference you're working your your butt off you're either working a little extra longer or harder to make up for the work somebody else isn't doing and meanwhile, that has effects on other people down the road. That, yep. that affects people in ways you can't imagine. Fine example, the internet went down um, on November 13th, 2019, around 4 or 5 p.m. And because of that, I wasn't able to get the show prep done that I wanted to get done. I wasn't able to prep the web page, the 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 um, the show page for this episode, and sort of like we're sort of like behind on all on all kinds of other things to do with the website. And one of the reasons why last week's episode is late is because somewhere somebody decided that she wasn't going to do her job anymore. She was just going to coast and let other people do her job. So. We didn't have a the tools necessary to get the job done and put mm-hmm. the podcast. We like to either put the podcast up Saturday or Sunday, one or the other. And we didn't get it up until what was yesterday, Wednesday? Yeah. So we didn't we, we, we weren't able to put it up. So uh, huge apologies to our to our audience. And I'd like to be able to say, I'm sorry, it's it, it's not our fault. It is kind of sort of our fault, but because we should we should always be prepared for the unknown, as it were. Well, as much as we can anyway. I mean, it's right. impossible to be completely prepared for the unknown because it's by definition unknown. unknown. Uh, so so. One of the things that we also we and like we have on our um, Facebook page, we have we actually have two Facebook um, groups or three. Count them three. We have the plain old vanilla classic, uh, the Fedora Chronicles group on Facebook, and we also have um, a group just for the Fedora Chronicles radio show and news of the week, where we like to post links to news items that, that we'll be talking about, hopefully. Um, I don't know if you had a, had a chance to look at that and, and pick a show topic that you wanted to chit-chat about. Um, and then, of course, this huge news story that we're helping to uncover is, is literally breaking, like, literally today while we're, while we're recording. Um, and it's, it's, it's dominated the show page for November 16th, 2019. Do you, do you want to tell folks what's going on or should I? 
Oh no, no, you're the one that you're the one that uncovered it. So I think okay. you should do the honors. So the thing is, that there's a concept called astroturfing, and I mention astroturfing because I I've worked for campaigns uh, here in New Hampshire. I've I've worked for candidates, and candidates and their team come up with this crazy idea that why don't we make why don't we do something and make it look like it's a grassroots um what's the word i'm looking for it's a it's a it's a grassroots movement right starting and, from the bottom up even right. though it's really coming from the top down right and and the thing is is that when it's a it's a manufactured quote grassroots movement it's called astroturfing this the mm -hmm. actual definition of astroturfing is the practice of masking the sponsors of a message or organization, for example, political, advertising, religious, public relations, to make it appear as though it originates from and is supported by grassroots participants. Okay? Pretty easy enough, right? Mm -hmm. Okay? So um, I'm promoting... And I'll, I'll I'll admit it. I'm 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 blasting social media with the show page for a most recent episode of the podcast. Well, yeah, but to an extent, that's to be expected, right? If you don't advertise, who's going to? Exactly. Self promotion um, is sort of implied, right? And you and you know I'm doing it. You you know yeah. Eric Fisk from the Fedora Chronicles is posting links to our most recent episode of our podcast. And I'm looking and I'm seeing hashtag where Warren is trending on, on, on Twitter. And I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm just like, I mean, what is, what, what's where Warren? And apparently Elizabeth Warren's campaign team has a whole bunch of swag that, that, that they want everybody to know about. Which, to be fair, fine. That's honest. Sure. Okay. Yeah. And then there's this, oh, wow, everybody, look at all these great people who come out of nowhere who's wearing Elizabeth Warren swag. And you, you click on these people. They're obviously filmed in a, in a studio or a studio-like environment. And it's, it's pretty clear... When you click on these people, they're all working for Elizabeth Warren's campaign. And I've posted screen captures of these people who are, 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 are wearing Warner, Warren and they're showing their Warren pride. And it's, it's, it's astroturfing. Now, the reason why that this is really sort of important is because... Um, Twitter is cracking down on paid political announcements. Supposed to be. They're supposed to be. They they have a, a whole bunch of um, new guidelines, as it were, saying that there's some things that they just simply will not tolerate. They're, they will not tolerate people who are using the Twitter platform to 
spam for any political movement or candidate. What they're trying to do is, is that they're trying to prove, Jack Dorsey at Twitter is trying to prove that they are cracking down on the illegal campaigning that occurred during the 2016 election. And it looks to people like myself that they're, they're trying to skirt around this. They're trying, they're, they're trying to dance around the rules. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, this is going to backfire against Elizabeth Warren. Because Elizabeth Warren is already um, behind the eight ball. She's, she's already took a couple of unpopular stances. And she, and she was caught lying on an application form for a job at Harvard saying that she was part Native American. And she was caught lying about being fired. Although, well, hold on, because okay. people who support her don't think that she was lying. They think that when she did the DNA test and it came out that she had one ten twenty fourth Native American, that that was vindication for her, that she was actually telling the truth and she did have Native, Native American ancestry in her. So, okay. got to be aware of that. Right. Even if we don't necessarily agree with it, some people do think that that's vindication for her. So, she's. I think that she's already in trouble. I I think that people already have a, a, a negative, uh, a negative view on Elizabeth Warren, and I don't I don't think that this astroturfing is really going to help her. And a lot of people are sort of wondering, well, isn't that just like savvy marketing? Eh, it's it's savvy marketing until it's savvy marketing until you hide the fact that these are actually your campaign staffers. And it, and it wasn't hard for me to figure out that these are her campaign staffers. Who yeah, And when you say not hard to figure out, you mean you just clicked on their name on Twitter and it showed you. Right. So it's it's not a it's I think the one thing that also sort of cracked me up is that when you um at Team Warren and right there on the top it says welcome to our grassroots movement. <laughs> welcome welcome to our grassroots movement. <laughs> Yeah, the official grassroots movement. Page. If you if you're paying millions of dollars to get people involved, it's not a grassroots movement anymore. No, no, it really isn't. Uh, do, do they really say that? Welcome to our grassroots I, movement. I'm looking right at the screen capture at Team Warren on Twitter. Welcome to our grassroots movement. Oh my God. If you're paying millions of dollars for your grassroots movement, it's not a grassroots movement anymore. No. You could say, you could say that the Bernie Sanders campaign, that's a grassroots movement. You could say, and. and well, it certainly, it certainly was in 2016. Yeah. Um, and you can say that that was true um, for Tulsi Gabbard, Andrew Yang, 
sort of pretty much go through Peter Buttigieg. Peter Buttigieg. What's I can't pronounce his name correctly. You could say that that's a grassroots roots movement, I guess, because I think I, I think it's I think it's I think it's more what Tulsi Gabbard is doing and what Bernie Sanders did almost four years ago, or literally four years ago. Those were grassroots movements. Like Bernie Sanders just ran for president, and he wasn't expecting the giant um, surge in popularity because he spoke the truth. He 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 wasn't well rehearsed. And I'm not saying I'm a, I'm a I'm a I'm a Bernie bro, but you understand why people were excited about Bernie Sanders. Yeah. And the thing is, is that that was a bottom up, not a top down campaign like the Warren campaign here is. And you can you can feel that at the time too. You could tell that this was not something the Democrat Party itself wanted. You know, I mean, this was this was something that you know was genuinely the rank and file of the Democrat Party. In other words, the people who actually vote, they were the ones that were behind it. It was yeah. not something, yeah. It was not something that they were being directed by the higher ups to say or do or anything like that. So yeah, and that's that's I don't know. To me, that's an important thing to realize to recognize. So I don't I I, I don't know I don't know what to say about Elizabeth Warren other than the fact that. I don't think that she's helping herself. I think that what she's done actually helps the opposition more because somebody on the other side can point and say, see, see, they have to pay to get their supporters. They, she, she can't just get people like to naturally follow her and she has to lie about this being a grassroots movement. And then there's what the Republicans will say. Oh, I kind of thought that that was implied. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but that's, I mean, her other Democrats can say that. So when it comes to like the Republicans, it's going to be even worse. Let's be honest. It's politics. Politics are ugly. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that people will eat their own within their own party. Oh, yeah. Big time. So moving on from this and checking out the news that we posted on our our metaphysical connection group which is where we kind of keep more of our more supernatural this was a huge week jay for um archaeology news perfect example here um we posted this on the 12th do you have jets taking off in your backyard again jay Yes, I do. Okay. I keep telling I keep telling my neighbor to stop taking off with his jets, and they keep saying, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "What? We can't hear you over the sound of our jets flying." What? Exactly. Exactly. They're like, "What? <laughs> what?" Bastards. Anyway, by the way, by the way, Jay is recording next to an Air Force base, just so people yes. know. Yes, just just so we're clear. When we say my neighbor, we're talking about Uncle Sam. Right. <laughs> Playing, Paying with the toys we all pay for. Exactly. They get to pay for the toys, and they don't share. They're paying. No. They're playing with our toys, and they don't share. 
No, they don't. But that would be kind of awkward if we say, hey, listen, uh, you know, um, Jay and I would like to record at Area 51. I mean, we figure we are paying for the space. <laughs> I kind of like. Yeah, I'm pretty sure their response would be, who the what now? No. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a news item that I wanted to chit chat with you about for a little bit. Greek farmer accidentally discovers a 3,400 year old Minoan tomb hidden under Olive Grove from archaeologyworld.com. Yeah, that I love things like this. Sometimes the, the clickbait titles get to me. Like, right. He accidentally finds it. So he's like, you kind of are left with the impression just from that little, just from that headline that dude was, dude bro was like walking around in this olive grove, olive garden grove. And then all of a sudden like tripped and fell over a rock was like, dude, look, a 45, a 4,300 year old fucking <laughs> jar or some shit, man. It's really not how that works. No, not at all. But (laughs) apparently it was accidental. It was, he was just, he was just doing what farmers do and he just. Now there's, there's a part of me that wonders like, so he's a farmer. So he's probably like, you know, planting seeds and weeding and I don't know what the hell they do, but you know, he's, he's out there with his like, of course I'm picturing American farmers with their huge fucking combines and shit. He's out there, you know, plowing his field, and all of a sudden he hits something. Ah, damn thing is hundred thousand dollar piece of equipment. A stupid rock goes down, finds it. Was there a moment when he thought, "Shit," you know, like now I got to report this. They're gonna come here. They're gonna dig up my fucking farm. Blah blah blah. I'm gonna. Do have- you think that happens? You think that there's that moment where they're like, "If I just move it." well it's it's a tomb jay it's a you can't just move a tomb well yeah but i mean a tomb i'm assuming he like hit like i don't know like some sort of headstone or you know like the entrance to the tomb or something like that is what he hit and found and discovered it was a big hole there's a part of him that probably was like i could just put it back Right. They'll find it eventually. Let one of my grandchildren worry about it. I kind of have this picture inside my head of this guy digging, and he falls through the roof and drops eight feet, and he's covered. He's covered in dirt and and filth, and he's surrounded by all this ancient trinkets and treasure. And he's thinking, first, A, I'm rich, I'm loaded. And then the next thing he's thinking, how the hell am I going to get out of here? Yeah. <laughs> right? Dude bro fell like 20 feet getting in there and now he's looking up at the sun going, "Oh shit." Yep. <laughs> but meanwhile, oh but meanwhile there were two other stories here. Um you shared one that I thought mm-hmm. was construction workers in Massachusetts uncover ancient village. And then Earlier that day, Drone discovers ancient Florida village that predates Columbus. And and all of these bring me back to a thesis that Phil Copens had in his book, Ancient Civilization Enigma. 
Whereas the, the picture or the view that academia has of the distant past is obviously incomplete and human civilizations were far more sophisticated than we originally give them uh, credit for. Which I think there's a lot to that. I mean, you know, you could go down the conspiracy theory hole. Like I was watching a video or listening to a video earlier this morning where they were talking about how um, like the giants, there's a bunch of people out there that actually believe there were literal giants, like as in humanoid beings that stood in excess of 10 feet tall that regularly walked the earth. And they were capable of moving these giant stones that you see on the monolithic sites and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, all right, maybe. No, probably not. No. You know what? I don't think they were that kind of thing, but um, there's certainly, I think, a a there's a gap in our history. Right. It's like you look at Gobleki Tepe, and this is a site that has been positively dated every single way they know how, going back over ten thousand years when men mankind was supposedly just hunter-gatherer society and yet they took time out of you know rooting around in the in the dirt looking for roots that they could eat to build these this temple use it for 200 years and then fill that shit in right like eight thousand years before or no it's like six thousand years before they built the great pyramids they're like, oh, we're done with this worshiping thing. I know we built it on this huge hill. It took us 30 fucking years with, you know, stone tools and, and wood and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? I'm done with these gods. Why don't we fill this shit in? Uh, I think, it, yeah, because the thing is, is that I think it's I think it's more than just a couple of years. I think we're talking about like 30 generations that it took to build somewhere like Gobekli Tempe. Yeah, and, but still, it they only used it for like 300 years. So if they used it for 300 years or so, which is what science is telling us, right? then it took them longer to build it. And then after less than that amount of time, they were like, eh, we're done. Yep. Fill this shit in. You know, I mean, so clearly there's a gap missing in our perception of history. Sure. There really is. Um, anyone who looks at the Sphinx can look at it and say, especially if you have any artistic bending at all in your mind, you look at that and say, well, I don't know who carved that shit, but that head is way out of proportion for that body. It really is. You know? So when someone says, you know, it's possible that that was something else that the Egyptians then carved into a human head. Right. Anyone who has that artistic mind goes, yeah, I could see that. You can actually, you could actually see that. Yeah, and make the argument of, well, yeah, right. And then, like, especially in the United States, really, all of the Americas, there's seems to have been a, at least in in the United States, the Congress and Smithsonian had a vested interest in not allowing any thought that the Native Americans were anything other than, you know, half-naked savages running around the world, the, the woods yeah. to propagate. Because otherwise, then Manifest Destiny meant they were invading a sovereign land, which they were, 
but then it was more palatable. You know, they're just savages and they're not using it properly. That's more palatable to people, even if it isn't really a valid reason. But still, you know, they were they went in and they took sovereign land. So anything that indicated that they may have had a city like at Cahokia, I think that's the name of it. I'm kind of drawing a blank. You know, that kind of stuff they would actively bury, you know. So construction workers in Massachusetts finding an ancient village. Now, the, t- <laughs> the town that this article takes place in and that they're talking about is actually Northampton, which is in western Massachusetts. And it's um, it's a town that's not far from where I grew up. It is the home of... Uh, there's like five colleges in the town. It's a very kind of bohemian sort of atmosphere. At least it was 30 years ago last time I was there. It's a it's a cool little town. So them uncovering that, that town's going to go nuts and love it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like if it took place in downtown Boston where you'd have people like honking their horn. Come on, I'm trying to get to work here. Can't you just fill that shit in? Hey, come you know, on, Harvey, is... move your, come on, park your car. Let's get started here. Exactly, huh? exactly. Let's just move these old bones here. Get them out of the way My here. boss is going to be pissed off at me. Come on. Hey, Carlotta, you know, can you believe this, is... this crap? I got to go for a beer and a piss, and they're digging in the dirt here. Like, what the hell? Come on, park your car. Let's get started. What are you, retarded? <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I mean, in... Northampton's going to fully embrace this. Oh, sure. But what I find interesting about this is that this is from Daily Mail in England. I'm surprised that it wasn't actually in a more um, local paper like the Boston Globe. Or maybe I just missed it. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't didn't see it anywhere. So, actually, I'm going to consult the Oracle. You know what we need? We need harp music. When every time we say we're going to consult... The Oracle of Yeah, some, something like a, a a variation on the the um Wayne's World. Let's see if this works. That's that's not hard music, Jay. Eh, I don't know. That's that's more we're embarking on a new adventure. Here we are. We're consulting the Oracle of Google. Yes. Oracle of Google, please share with us your wisdom. (laughs) Okay, that works. That works, because it also kind of goes with the whole... (laughs) Oh, man, what's going on? Kind of feel. So, yeah, we can do that. see. So... Tonight on Deep Thoughts with Aaron (laughs) J. Deep Thoughts with Dick Handy. So. No, I think Deep Thoughts with Eric and Jay is funnier because. (laughs) Oh, hey, hey, somebody is holding up a sign here. Hey, we're getting graded here. We got a 10. We got a 10. We got a 10. A 10 out of what? A hundred? For what? 10 out of 10. Just, oh, because my voice acting with my Boston accent. Oh, (laughs) Yeah, the only other thing I can I can find about this is 
on mysteriousuniverse.org, which yep. sounds like sounds valid. No, we mm-hmm. yeah, no no, we've we've actually used them as reference. Now, but the, here's the thing. We reference when we find something from that website, we say, "We found stuff on that website," which means take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Like the New York Times is reporting the New York Times is reporting that Jeffrey Epstein's brother claims that he was not he didn't do anything wrong. We're not saying Jeffrey Epstein didn't do anything wrong. We're saying that the New York Times is reporting that Jeffrey Epstein's brother is saying that. Right. Yeah. Right. So with that said, um moving on to um space news. You know, let me just say that with all the construction that's going on all over the world. And people digging deeper, deeper into the ground than ever before. They're continuing to find stuff that's just blowing people away. Like we got these two, like I had mentioned already, two stories that were just simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Drones discover ancient Florida village that predates Columbus, and construction workers in Massachusetts uncover ancient village. And, and I, with all of this, with everything that we're doing, with the progress that we're making, you know, uh, uh, digging in virgin territory, like, it's just, it's inevitable that somebody's going to find uh, Atlantis or the, 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 the lost civilization of Mu or Maneria or something like that. It's, right. it's inevitable. But then again, I mean, they are going to stumble upon things that might be actually valuable, like... They were doing construction in London, was it last year? Yeah. And they stumbled across the remains of Richard III. Yeah. That's amazing. Or someone like that. Anyway, somebody, on somebody, to astronomical news. Astron- in astronomical news, uh, this is also something. It's, it's, it was all over. It was on the NASA main site, um, but we posted it from, from the Daily Mail, which is OK, or is it UK? Um, NASA chief Jim Bridestein says Pluto is a planet again. Now, what changed about Pluto? What did Pluto do? <laughs> did Pluto do anything to dethrone itself as a planet? Did it say, did, did NASA say, you're on probation, pal. You're not a planet anymore until you straighten your crap out. We've put you on probation. You're not allowed to be a planet until you've proven yourself worthy. Right. No, as I understand it, the whole thing with Pluto not long, no longer being a planet was more. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, because you probably remember this better than I do. Weren't they just basically designating, creating a new designation for for large sized bodies? Right. They, they they had the classification planetoid. Which is like a somewhere between a planet and an asteroid, not big enough to be a planet, but too big to be an asteroid. Sort right, of like, and also the it has to have some sort of like it has to have a non-elliptical orbit or mostly non-elliptical because Pluto's orbit is a little elliptical, and also has to be um, mostly spheroid in shape and has to have a, a, a constant rotation on an axis if right. I remember correctly right it was, there was it was it was more than just a size thing yes so they never really said Pluto wasn't a planet they really said okay anything that's below this size we're gonna call a planetoid and everyone lost their shit right 
So what's this? What does what's his name? Breakerberg, Burden, Jim Bridenstine, or Bridenstine? Bride? I think it's Bridenstine. It's Bridenstine. A little callback to our Mel Brooks conversation from last episode. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pluto is a planet. I, do you think that the planet Pluto really gives a crap, like, how we qualify it? Well, the big heart on Pluto does. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying there's a heart on for Pluto? Heart. There's a heart. Heart. <laughs> Get your mind out of the gutter. Well, then again, you're talking to me, so. (laughs) I had to get that joke out before you did. (laughs) Somewhere Carol's just going to slap her head and be like, I married into this. (laughs) The sad thing is, is that sometimes she can be just as warped with her sense of humor. (laughs) Yeah, but she doesn't like everyone else knowing that. No, she doesn't. (laughs) Oh, oh. so anyway, so Pluto didn't do anything to to lose its status as a planet. And Pluto didn't do anything to get its status back. It's all us. We did this. We, well, it's also our understanding of Pluto has grown, too. Sure. Because we now know that it has an atmosphere and it has multiple layers of the atmosphere, just like ours does. Right. There are organic compounds on Pluto. There's, they, it has actual weather and it has moons. It has like Rocky Mountain ranges. Um, there's possibly even liquid oceans. What they're Underneath liquid, the what I have no idea because it's yeah. fucking cold as hell out right. there. But you know, it's colder than the evil glare I'm going to get from Carol when she hears this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's, it. I mean, our understanding, because our understanding of the planet has changed, uh, the classification, and he's saying that he just disagreed with the previous classification is more of what he's saying. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about this. I do find it interesting that, like, what is it? Is Which of the moons of, um, is it? Jupiter or Saturn that they think might be the closest thing to Earth in our solar system. Titan. I think I think what they're Titan. saying, Titan. Titan. Yeah, and that's that's Pluto or uh, that's Saturn, right? Uh, that Titan is Saturn's moon. Yes. Yeah. Because isn't it wasn't Europa on Jupiter one of the other ones? There were there were yeah. Europa saying? is another good candidate. It's it's cover it's 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 the Queen Belay of of planets. It's it's got it's got a hard crunchy icy sugary shell and underneath there is probably um all of this wonderful like like gooey sweet goodness underneath well also that crust could act act as a thermal layer and warm up what's down underneath it too right yep much like we have we have polar ice caps not polar ice plugs so yep um, Speaking of that, we also had another another thing. I think you posted this last week, but yep. uh, the Kepler Space Telescope discovered an Earth-like planet circling a nearby star within the Goldilocks zone of our galaxy. 
And this is from physicsastronomy.com. Yeah. Kepler-186f is around 500 light years from Earth in the Cygnus constellation. All I can think about here is mm-hmm. that when was this... Yeah, this this story was originally published in October October fourth, two thousand nineteen. It's it, it's the the story is a month old, and what I don't understand is that how come this didn't make more a bigger headline? What else was going on October fourteenth? I don't remember. It was like what <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein, um, um, right? Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, well Kepler 8 um 186F has made news before. It was discovered back in April 17th, 2014. Um but for whatever reason, it suddenly made a lot of um it it's it's made a lot of headlines. Because they've done some more math, they did more math, much like what what they did with um, Jupiter. They've done more math and they've made this announcement. Uh huh. So, yeah, it's it's. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but finding organic ma- organic matter basically means we've found life, extraterrestrial life, right? Yeah. Yep, that's so. an, that's an enthusiastic. Yep. No. Um, I mean, the thing is, is that also you got to keep in mind that we are biased because we're looking at um, the the, the web page from physicsastronomy.com. and the thing is, they did an artist rendition, and, and and it looks Earth-like, and it only looks Earth-like because that's how the artist rendered it. Right. We don't know if there's actual water on it. We don't know any of that. We just say we're just saying that's what they're saying. But I think that it was just like, and we've had this conversation before, Jay. What would it look like? How would it change the world if we actually discovered another Earth that was reasonably close by? Well, it depends. If a Republican is recently elected president, all the Democrats will be saying we should be moving there. <laughs> if, if if Trump wins another election, if he gets another term, I'm moving to Kepler 186F. <laughs> you know, as soon as as soon as we find another planet capable of hosting life, in all seriousness, that's going to be big news among the people who give a shit and right. everyone else can be like so it's not going to change anything right yeah but it'll be hopefully an excuse to invest more in space travel sure right because now here's a place we can go here is a destination for us that somehow would be more compelling than going to mars just because Mars is, you know, Mars is Mars, you know. Right, right. So there'd be something that to that that would hopefully push us. I mean, you got to remember when we were kids, 2019, we were expecting there to be regular flights to a moon, to the moon base. You know, this would be the perfect time to bring up the topic. It's November 2019. Mm-hmm. 
It's it's November 2019, Jack. Yes, it is. All right. Yeah, yeah. I know. The replicants aren't in any danger, man. We're all good. <laughs> Jay and I are making an obvious reference to Blade Runner. <laughs> Which in the opening scroll was it it was November what? 4th or 12th or something no, like that. No, it was just no it was just um it, it, it was it's just no November 2019 no specific date it, it and I'd like to point out much like the Jetsons they promised us flying cars right. that we do not have right but the Jetsons was sort of like some kind of vague point in time in the future Blade Runner Blade Runner laid down the cards put the cards on the table and said right. you know but I mean this is this is not unlike Back to the Future, where uh, oh, that's right, because Back to the Future was November fourth. Was it November fourth? I could have sworn. Let's see. Or- oh man! Hold on a second. Now, cue the music. We're checking the Oracle again. Oracle of Google. When did Back to the Future Part Three take place? November 12th, 1955. Okay, so... That's when he goes... That's when... That's when he goes back. So there we go, yeah. It just really kind of boggles my mind to think of... You know that we're living in an area that, or in a time that, when we were children, we thought everything was going to be, you know, we'd have flying cars, there would be, you know, a space station out there, and all that kind of stuff. And none of that has come to pass. Instead, we got the internet, which, seeing as how that's how I make make a living, I have no complaints about the internet. But we yeah, and we have cell whining. phones. We, some things have come true, other things have not. Right. Just, it's a, I don't know, it's fascinating to me. I, I, I personally think that it is amazing how, how right they, how, how correct um, science fiction visionaries were, how much they got right is just as good as how much they got wrong. Like we, we don't, we don't have androids running around that could pass for people, but you know, half the people who are listening to this podcast, they're listening to this podcast on their Android devices. And I think that that that's close enough. (laughs) It was pretty damn cool. Anyway, I mean, if you think about it, the things that we have today, right? Like the phones, the original cell phones were flip phones, right? And they got that from Star Trek. Sure. That's why they were flip phones. That's why they had the flip top. Um, the concept that of having a device in your pocket that can connect you to the sum of all knowledge of mankind. Right. That really didn't occur to pretty much anybody 
right? I mean, I think, I remember, was it Ender's Game? Orson Scott Card yep. basically had predicted the internet in Ender's Game, and he wrote that. He wrote that in the late '60s, didn't he? I thought it was the '70s. Was it? Well, hold on a second here. Hold on a second. Because '70s is, you know, I think that's when I read it. Let's let's consult the Oracle of Google again. When was? Oh, 1985. Wow, it's even. Okay, so yeah, that's when it was published. He first oh, published was, a short was, story called Ender's Game in '77. There you go. Yeah, he first published a short story of called Ender's Game in 1977. That's what I was confusing. Okay, him with. so he started. He wrote the short story that the novel is based on back in 1977. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So anyway. Let's think. What 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 other topics did we want to cover today, Jay? Oh hell, I don't know. We had a let whole. Me look, let me consult the page. I don't, dude. I think we covered everything on the page. Oh my god, which is good because no my lunch time's almost over. I don't care. It's, it's, uh, we need to talk about NASA gets inexplicable news, new data from Mars about gas. Mars has gas. So do I. What's the big deal? <laughs> no, I mean. <laughs> Take a royal roll aids like the rest of us. <laughs> Holy! We don't want to hear about your problems. Everyone's got problems, kid. Hey, Carla, we got people who are playing here in the dirt and they're complaining about getting gas. Get your mask on. Where's your modium AD, Carla? So you didn't. You didn't. You're holding out on me, dude. You didn't send me that one. Where's where the heck? It's right here. We posted it 18 hours ago on the Metaphysical Connection uh, group page. Independent I, I didn't scroll down attacks. far enough. NASA gets All, although I think it's awesome that futurism.com actually has a headline that says a supermassive black hole yeeted a star at 3.7 million miles per we hour. We were going to close the show with that. And we were going to thank <laughs> our good friend Holly Gonzalez for sharing that with us. I love that it says yeet. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because my kids use the word yeet all the time. Like, Dad, could you yeet these dishes to the dishwasher? Dad, can you? No, that's Alan. Can you Can you yeet this? Yeet is supposed to be throwing. Right. It's supposed to be throwing. So, like, on the, they have billboards, you right. know, the, they can, the, the Department of Transportation can send messages when you're driving up the highway. One of the messages like a month ago was, um, "Where, hey teens, wearing a, wearing seatbelts is totes yeet, yo." I'm like, <laughs> they, maybe you should talk to someone who has teenagers in their life before they post shit like that. Oh my god! Oh, oh yeah! All right, I love that. I also wanted a one one last thing I wanted to do here. Um, I wanted to just sort of get this. It's not that I wanted to get this out of the way here, but the thing is, is that one of the things that we wanted to do um, at the end of every show is, is we wanted to read listener comments. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I'm scrolling like a fiend here looking for this, this specific episode of the Fedora Chronicles radio show news of the week is dedicated to super fan Jeremy Johnson who had posted on Facebook 
that our podcast is quickly becoming his new favorite podcast. And thank you. That is awesome. All I want to know is, is that what do we have to do to become your favorite podcast? And yeah. what, you know, what would you like to hear? What would you like us to do? What can we, what can we do to just get over the top that's not illegal or immoral? Or if it is, we don't want to get caught. <laughs> but no, I, I got I to gotta thank yeah. uh, Jeremy Johnson. We can't get better unless people advise us. Well, give us your suggestions. But the idea that somebody like Jeremy Johnson like took th- like 15 seconds to, to, to write that. I'm not kidding. That's... That meant everything to me. Yeah, that is awesome. That that is that is awesome. And so, um, yeah, I want to jam him off something special. I, I I do. I I gotta send. I gotta ask him. Which would he rather have? Would he rather have a T-shirt or a coffee mug? Um, and 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 just, you know. Yeah. Um. So there's there's a couple there's a couple of other things I also wanted to ask you and I wanted to end the show mm-hmm. talking about I wanted to talk to you about um, Disney Plus and the new Star Wars content and McClunky. Okay, so first of all, have you seen the first episode of The Mandalorian? I was actually waiting to talk to you about it. Okay, and I wanted to ask. Okay, it's only $12 a month, mm-hmm. okay? But the thing is, is that, isn't that just encouraging other studios, other networks to have their own streaming service? Like, Well, let me ask you this, right? Right. Wouldn't it be great if, like, I remember when, when we were in high school or even as young adults, people would say, I'm paying 50 or or $100 a month for cable and there's nothing on. 600 channels and there's nothing on. Right. Right. Well, now I can spend, you know, 10 bucks on Netflix. I can spend 15 bucks on Disney. I can spend, you know, 10 bucks on, uh, on DC universe. And I'm watching things that I'm, I'm basically picking and choosing my own content. Sure. Sure. So that won't be a lament anymore. Really. That won't be something people are going to complain about anymore which I think is a good thing because if we're paying money and we're getting content we like, how is that a bad thing? You know, if I'm willing to spend the money for my entertainment, then I should be able to choose to at least have some, some say in what I'm watching and when I'm watching it. And that's something that I think right. is fucking fantastic. No, that's important. Um, and it's up to each individual person, whether that $12 a month is worth it, you know? I mean, for me, it's basically, it's, it's what, Disney movies, Disney cartoons, and then some Star Wars shit. Well, right. I own all the Star Wars movies. Right. I need. New I own Star all the Wars. Disney movies I care to watch. I need new Star Wars content to make it worth my while. Exactly. And that's where The Mandalorian comes in. And uh, I think they're, they mentioned they were thinking of another Star Wars show that they were going to create, too. I thought that they were going to do Kenobi. Kenobi. That's right. what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And... I've seen the first episode of The Mandalorian. Yep. It's fantastic. All right. It is fantastic. I mean, it is the kind of content. I remember you and I talking. It was just after the prequel trilogy had ended. And, you know, we were talking about how 
you know, it's great, the Star Wars saga with the Skywalkers and all that. That's wonderful. But kind of like to see more of the Han Solo type characters. What's going on in, in that part of the universe, that underworld part of the universe? Right. And that's exactly what this explores. That's what this whole thing is about. I watched a Star Wars thing for like 45 minutes, 50 minutes, however long it was, and didn't see a single lightsaber. And I enjoyed the hell yeah. out of it. Yeah. You know, I mean, that was one thing. I think I think after um, The Phantom Menace came out, you and I were talking about it and we're like, what was it missing? And I said, it's missing Han Solo. And this is... Does, this doesn't have Jedi in it, which is fantastic because who needs more Jedi in their life? Right. You know, I can identify more with Han Solo because I can't move shit with my mind. The Phantom Menace was missing a lot of grit. It was it was just too pretty. Yeah, it was. It was. It was very sanitized. Yeah, it was. It was actually. It's. It was too. It, it, the movie itself looked it, it, it looked beautiful but it, it was too clean it was too pristine and it, it was missing a lot of stuff i i could really have used more grit like that that's in that appears to be in the mandalorian some right and it's like um the the dirt and grime that you see like in in uh in rogue one that you saw in rogue one it's got a lot more of that. Right. It's got a lot more of that kind of seedy underbelly. Remember that scene in the beginning when, oh, what the hell's his name? Uh, the, the, uh, the guy that flies the ship. What the hell's his name? In Rogue One, the spy guy. Yeah. The guy who's who oh, does oh, the oh 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 um. He's Can Candelarian or something, whatever the hell his name is. Anyway. Let's check the, the Oracle of Google just one more time. All right. I just wonder how many people are driving off the road right now because we're putting them to sleep with this harp music. <laughs> you mean Cassian? Cassian Andor. Yeah. Cassian. So, like in the beginning, when Cassian meets with that one guy and he's trying to convince the guy to come with him, and the guy's got a broken leg or something, he ends up shooting him. Yeah. And killing him. I mean, yes, yes. That's the kind of grit and and seedy underworld shit that the Mandalorian has. Yeah. I swear to God, I, the first five or ten minutes, he doesn't even talk. Right. It's, but he kills like six people. So, it, you know, I mean, hey, I'm fine with that. Yeah, hey, you know? hey, it's like, you know, death, death and They're mostly aliens. Yeah, we, yeah, we don't care about, we don't care about no illegal aliens in the <laughs> <laughs> Well, trust me, there's no such thing as illegal on the planet he kills these people on. Right. So, yeah, that's fine. Right, right. But yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, We're gonna it's, get it's fantastic. Is it worth, is that show alone worth me forking out 12 bucks a month? I don't know. Depends on the other the other um, content. Like I pay for DC Universe because of Titans and just the back catalog of like the old Superman movies and things like that right. that I don't own that I can watch on demand. Right. You know. So for that, I I 
I think it's worth it, but I'm a huge DC Comics fan anyway. But but, um, but here's the argument that I have, and, mm-hmm. and I don't want to perseverate over this too much, Jay. At what point do we have too many streaming services where it starts to get a little ridiculous? Um, when people stop paying for them. Because NBC is promising that it's going to have its own uh, streaming service called the Peacock. And yeah, that's that's fine. I'm not. I have no interest in it. Right. What does NBC have that would cause me to want to pay to access something that they've been giving me for free for the past? Well, what if they have their own space saga? That hold on a second. Space saga. <laughs> what if that? Because apparently, on the NBC streaming service network they're going to have another Battlestar Galactica spinoff um and I was I'm a, I'm a huge fan of um the what was it the, the the 2005 to 2009 um Battlestar Galactica reboot I thought that was an awesome show it's the best oh, yeah. science fiction show since Babylon 5 yeah um but Am I a big enough Battlestar Galactica fan to buy spend another $12 a month just for Battlestar? Well, that's the question, isn't it? And it's going to cost you. No, I mean, it's No, it's literally going to cost you. Well, it is, but the 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 real question is that is it worth it is it worth it for enough people to justify the corporate expense? is really what it boils down to because if the companies aren't making enough money on it, it's going to go away, plain and simple. You know, um, I find it kind of cute that um, the networks are trying to do shit, but the networks don't really produce anything anymore. You know what I mean? Back in the day, like in the days where you had Barney Miller and stuff like that on television, the networks were footing the bill for that right? with advertisers. Nowadays, they really kind of don't, as I understand things. And I may be, I may be completely wrong on this, but my understanding is that net, what we largely consider network television, like NBC, NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox, not Fox News, Fox, right, the, the network, fo- yeah. they don't really produce the shows anymore. You know, that's really done mostly by a combination of advertisers and production companies. And then they contract with the production company on whether or not they're going to have that. Right. And that was something that changed in the in the 90s, if I remember correctly. And the hallowed staff of that would be uh, Firefox. uh, Right. Firefly. Right. They killed it. Fox killed it. Why right. did they kill it? I don't fucking know. Nobody but they killed it. Yeah, I mean, they it showed a- all of the they showed all of the episodes out of order. They they did not give it a chance. They put it at the worst fucking time slot they possibly could. They purposely and to be honest, killed that show. It, I don't think it was a fantastic show, but I don't think I don't think a second or third season would have helped it much. Yeah. In part, it's a classic because it was canceled too soon. You know, it didn't live long enough to see itself become the villain. Right. If you will. You know, uh, Battlestar Galactica, 
the the reboot one seemed to do fine and it was on for like what six seasons seven seasons i I think it was five seasons yeah so that seems to be good you know um but with the networks with with the production companies being able to stream their own content that's going to render the networks invalid and you get a much more immediate response now between the viewership and the production company if they are streaming their own content. And I wish more of them would. Yeah. Really. I think that would be fucking fantastic because then I can pick and choose what content I want to watch. You know, um, you've got a bunch of like news things that want you just like, I, I use a browser that blocks ads and there are some of some news show news websites that I go to that, can tell I'm using an ad blocker and they're like, Hey, advertising is how we pay for our site. We want you to subscribe or we're not going to show you any content. Okay. That's perfectly fine. That's an acceptable thing for me, for them to say, that doesn't mean I'm going to use their website, but it's an acceptable thing because they got to pay the bills. They've got things they got to do and they need to make money somehow. That's fine. You know, that doesn't mean I'm going to necessarily say, Oh, okay. Yeah. Here I'll, I'll throw you some money. You know, but if I can do that with the, my entertainment, nothing, one thing that Netflix spoiled me with is not having any yeah. advertising. Yeah. Which is fantastic. It really is. And it, cause it, it doesn't pull you out of watching the, the, watching the show, seeing the story unfold. It doesn't pull you out of that. So I say, yeah, go for it. More of them should. I wish it was less networks and more production companies. Yeah. That way they're, they ha- see that immediate reaction. Right. You know? Because I think corporate America, a lot of the, the larger corporations especially, are too to complain about sanitizing and taking it even further. They, they want to make sure it's palatable for everybody. Right. Whereas a production company is going to be more along the lines of, I don't give a shit if everybody watches it, as long as enough watch, enough people watch it. Right. I and th- that'd be fine with me. I, I, I think, I, I personally think that all of this is a great idea to the but something is going i think that something's going to break and i think that we're past yeah. the saturation because we have a look look we have a budget mm-hmm. we we have a budget and already i don't know if i'm i'm sharing too much information here i'll i'll i'll, I'll know shortly after this 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 airs um <laughs> when carol explains to me no you shared too much um we have amazon prime Netflix, CBS All Access, yeah, and we have a. I think we have one or two other add-ons for Amazon Prime, and then when you throw in the 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 internet access bill each month, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it adds up. It does. It does add up. And at what point do you say, listen, um, like in this house, we're going to have to make a choice. Right. Um, are 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 we going to dump CBS All Access for Disney Plus for the Star Wars stuff? You're making a choice between Star Wars and Star Trek, essentially. Right. Um, and that's and that's how it's going to come down. And it was yeah. just like, um, 
I think that there's a point where people who live within a tight budget are going to start making a noise because, and I hope I'm not like looking for a controversy just to have something interesting to talk about. But I do. No, no, no. I th- it's a valid. It's a valid question. It's a. It's. It certainly is. And what I'm saying is, it's every individual person is going to have to make that decision. And then when you have enough of those individuals who have made that decision, the companies providing that content are going to decide whether they're making enough money to justify the expense. You know, um, I don't think there's anything wrong with, say, you saying, you know, in, in your house, she's like, okay, well, we don't need this add-on or that add-on for Amazon Prime. And instead of that, we're going to subscribe to this service or that service. Right. You know, it's like I have friends that have monthly subscriptions to video games and they're spending, you know, 60, 80 bucks a month on video games that they play. As long as that's entertaining for them and it's there, they have the money, they're not sacrificing things they need to do it. Right. I have no problem with that. And even if they are sacrificing the things they need for things they want, that's their decision that's to their, make. That's their business, Jay. That's their yeah. issue. That's something that those are choices as, a, as grown adults you need to make. Mm-hmm. Um. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I'm all for it, you know. There are people that are going to bitch, well, I, what you, how much time do you have in a day? How much time do you spend watching television? I watch maybe eight hours of, whether it's television or movies, I watch about eight hours a week. You know, I'm sitting in front of a computer most of the time. Right. Either working or doing something else for my own entertainment, whether that's reading the reading email um, checking up on news, listening to the podcast, whatever. Right. You know, the, the things that I do on the internet. Other than that, you know, I got kids I got to drive around, laundry's got to get done, I've got to do the vacuuming, cleaning the house, all that kind of shit, cooking dinner, all the other life stuff. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm a musician. If I don't practice my instrument, I'm not going to get any better at it, you know? So... There's that time too. And and we all have to prioritize the time we have in our lives. Right. So yeah, I, I'm to me, it's a lot better the more choices we have. Some people freak out over having a lot of choices. Yeah. That's fine. You can freak out over a lot of choices if you want. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is the more choices you have the more customized your experience with life can be. And you can, you can ignore the news entirely if you don't want, if you don't want to be bothered by it, you can, you can just watch the things you know, you're going to like, if you want, there's nothing wrong with that. No, I mean, there isn't, I think it's going to be interesting to see um, how people are going to prioritize and there's going to come. And I'm telling you right now, there's going to come a time within the next maybe year or two, when we're going to start seeing some of these streaming services like disappear, it's like if um, I I know Netflix is struggling right now. Um, Amazon prime Hulu, Amazon prime isn't having as many problems, but I know Hulu I've, I read somewhere that Hulu and Netflix are both having issues although for different reasons. Yeah. So yeah, I know the world's going to change. It's we can kind of expect that. But even Netflix is, in its own way, a form of a network. Do they produce some of their own shows? Yes, they do. But Netflix will 
very, very rarely produce a show for more than three seasons because their algorithm states that any that people do not watch more than three seasons of a show. Right. Their algorithm is, in in my opinion, skewed to favor that. But you know that's their algorithm. That's how. That's what they use to make decisions. Right. I'm not going to say they're doing the wrong thing because that's yep. up to them. You know they have to respond to their stockholders, not me. I don't own stock. So, yeah, in terms of like entertainment, though, I mean, hey, if I if I choose to spend ten bucks on DC Universe, twelve bucks on um, on Disney Plus, and like fifteen bucks on Pornhub, that's up to me. It doesn't matter. <laughs> no one else's business, man. I was wondering when that was going to come up. <laughs> yeah, but no. In all seriousness, it's it's. We each live our own lives. Sure. And the 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 one thing that frustrates me is when people say, I don't like this, so I don't think anyone should do it. I don't think anyone should be allowed to do it. That, to me, is the height of arrogance. Just because you don't like it, you're going to assume no one else likes it, or you're going to try and stop other people who do enjoy it from doing it. You saw it with role-playing games in the 80s and the 70s and 80s. You know, the whole D&D leads your kids to Satan movement. Right. You know, um, there's, you know, constant crusade against pornography, whether or not there's act, there's st- a lot of studies on how it affects people. Right. Uh, you know, it's up to each individual person. Go in with your eyes open, you know. Is pornography healthy for you? Probably not, but neither smoking, but a lot of people still do that. Hell, neither is driving on the highway, but a lot of people do that. Right. Well, you got so, you got to go to where you got to go. I mean, yeah, um, and that's exactly it. We're all going to make our own decisions on what we is the enjoyment worth the risk. By the way, the background noise that you hear, the all of that is people are responding to a post that I made that I'm going to try and 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 bookend this episode. And I think we're already over time here. A lot of people are responding to what I've pointed out about Elizabeth Warren's astroturfing. Yes. And a lot of people are sort of like, like, whoa, wait a minute. No, this is not cool. This, this, this is not cool. Yeah. Whereas you're manufacturing a grassroots effort um, and I wanted to just take two minutes to say this about about the Trump impeachment. And mm-hmm. God help me if we go off on a, on a long tangent about this. <laughs> a lot of people are 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 going online and they're writing these long articles about what what the impeachment investigation means to the Republicans, what it means to Trump, what it means for the country in long term. And one of the things that I think is amazing, and I use amazing in air quotes, you have no idea how this is is going to backfire. You yeah. have no you have no idea how this is going to affect the quote future unquote of the country. Yeah, no one does. No, nobody knows. Nobody knows if Trump's going to be let out in, in in handcuffs. Nobody knows if he's going to go to prison for this. Nobody knows if he's going to get get away with it scot free. Nobody knows if this is going to embolden um, Trump supporters. 
Uh, but yeah. but what what I will say, the only thing that you can accurately predict, if you are intellectually honest, is that this is going to drive an even harder wedge between people here in the United States. And I've I've, I've seen um, I've seen articles saying that the impeachment is a mistake. For the Democrats, I've seen an, I've seen articles that say that the Republicans are going to pay a long-term price for the impeachment. I've seen articles saying that's not going to matter. I've seen articles saying that this is great for third-party candidates. Um, the truth is, we don't know. So everyone's putting out their opinions on what they think or hope is going to happen right. as a result of this. Right. The truth is, we don't know. Right. I personally would like to see a lot more than just the parenthetical R&D at the table. I would like to see more parties involved. You know, it's a two-party system is essentially and effectively what we have. Right. Because even if you vote someone in who's, say, Green Party or an independent, when they caucus at Congress, they're caucusing as a Democrat or as a Republican. They're getting money from the Republican or Democrat party. And they can't take from both coffers. They can only take from one. Right. So your Green Party candidate is actually Democrat light with a greater focus on the environment. Your independent candidate is actually Republican light with more focus on whatever their pet fucking project is. Right. If we could break that mold, that I think would be good for the country. Do I see that happening? Not really. No. I th- I think that what I see are, are more people doubling down um on their the party lines. Yeah, but I also see there's a lot of people that are sick of the infighting. So even if like the one article I said that I, I well, the one article that I read that said that this is a bad idea for the Democrats they were pointing they pointed out a number of poll questions where basically the midstream voters you got the the 30% or 25% whatever it is on each side the hardline d hardline r that are never going to change it doesn't matter what the parties do they're going to continue you voting that way right they'll change their opinions if necessary to conform to what their party's doing but you've got that you've got that that 30% or, or 80, 60% that's in the middle, right? That are looking at both the parties and they're like, I want someone who's not going to, who's actually going to reach out across the aisle. Who's not going to just bitch about what the other side says when their party's doing the same thing. They find an excuse. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people in that middle who I think are going to reward the candidates that are reaching across the aisle that are willing to reach across the aisle. What form that takes I don't know. No one knows. No, uh, but I, I, I think that the only thing that you can predict is that this process is going to throw out a whole bunch of unpredictability. Oh, yeah. Um, and if oh, yeah. and, and the thing is, is that if Trump does get impeached and he gets removed from office and, and Mike Pence moves into the Oval Office, I think people are going to lose their mind. When they find yeah. out that who and what Mike Pence really is. Well, and- they're going to lose their minds when they find out that 
you know, Trump was not really a conservative. Trump was a fiscal capitalist and social narcissist. You know, he, he, he doesn't have a true political thought process. He really doesn't. It's whatever makes him look good and whatever makes him money. What is he going is to say? What is he going to say today that's going to get him elected tomorrow? Is really honestly sort of- the less he talks, I think the better his chances are. I do. I I think that this is. I I think that both sides are so really. Um, treading into some really dangerous territory. Oh, they are. I, I agree. I really do. I think people are going to really sort of have a hard time explaining when everything goes south. Are people going to riot in the streets? We don't know. Oh, I doubt it. it, it well, why should they riot in the streets when they have Disney Plus to watch now? Well, there's there's that, but there's also, I mean... I was reading on Cora and this one person responded and they said, the one thing you have to remember, because they were talking about something that was going on in the 70s or 80s. And they said, the one thing you have to remember is there was no internet. So if it was on CBS, NBC, and ABC, everyone literally was talking about it because that was it. Yeah. They ABC, NBC, and CBS, they had radio affiliates. They controlled all of the media except the print media. So... If it was on those news programs, that was what people were talking about because they didn't know anything else was going on. They had no way of knowing anything else was going on. So I think we may see a lot of people tuning out of the political process, you know, um, mostly because they're sick and tired of it. It's a headache. Why should I keep up with it? It's just a pain in the ass and the people that are worth it aren't going to be able to get in anyway. You know, look what they're doing with, and again, I disagree with, I, I, I read through Tulsi's site and I disagree with almost everything. Sure. But it's worth voting for because she's saying she wants to reach across the aisle and that permeates her entire website. When I looked at Bernie's site, there was nothing about, he, it was all about forcing the Republicans to do this, forcing the Republicans to do that. Same thing with Elizabeth Warren. Joe Biden, I didn't bother looking at his site because, I, yeah, he's, no, you know, but they're all about forcing the Republicans. I will force the Republicans. I will make them. You can't make them do shit. Just because you're president of the United States, look how much Trump is making you do shit. Right. Then he's not doing, he's not making you do anything. Right. Except maybe, you know, bust a burst of blood vessel every time he posts something on I, Twitter. I, uh, what I, I I, I, I'm going to, we're going to close this topic by me saying this. Okay. The only Democrat that's running for the, the, the nomination for the general election for the president of the United States, who is inspiring Republicans and conservatives, libertarians, and independent voters to cross over and vote for them is Tulsi Gabbard. Um, Tulsi Gabbard is the only one who seems to have broader appeal. That's that's just the way yeah. I see it. And I and I and when I go and I go through and I look at the negative posts that people are posting on people like Elizabeth Warren's Twitter page, 
people are not crossing the aisle for Elizabeth Warren the way that they are for Tulsi Gabbard. Right. Okay. And Tulsi Gabbard had... And she's not doing anything to encourage that either. No, she's just being normal. She's going on. She's going on podcasts, yeah. and, and saying, "You know what? I I wonder. I wonder if we can get Tulsi on this podcast." Anyway, that's a different. That's a different <laughs> thing. The thing is, is that that's Tulsi is the only one that I see that's inspiring both people, uh, both people from both parties. Right. To vote for her. She's pull, she's pulling people away from Trump, and she's also pulling in Democrats as well. So right. The, uh, she has, if the Democrats are more concerned with the Democrat president, Tulsi's probably their their person. And they'll, they'll get the kudos of having the first woman president. That's fine. But I think that if she were to get the nomination, she would actually win and i think she could as president reach across the aisle and we could actually see real mending of the political parties in this country instead of further division which is something that hasn't happened in my lifetime no i mean the the nixon in the when nixon left office in shame that really started causing a huge rift i think that we're still feeling the effects of watergate to this day on we many, are, on we are, but I don't think fronts. it's, I. whereas you can draw a direct line between it, I don't think it's as conscious a manipulation. I think it's more still reactionary, but it's like an inherited reaction. Yeah. So. One, one last thing. Yep. Is George Lucas done screwing with the original Star Wars movie? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nope. McCluskey. <laughs> or is it McClunky? McClunky. What does he say? What? What? Did I he have say? no fucking idea. Greedo's got a lisp, and that's always messed me up. Is say, saying that Greedo has a speech impediment is that a little racist? I think it'd be more speciesist at this point <laughs> because it's further removed. I mean, what is he like a lizard kind of thing? It's a Rodarian. I don't know what. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. Because, you know, and people are going to take offense to that. Of course they are. So there's someone who out there who de- identifies as a Rodian, I'm sure. Oh, I'm, sh- I'm sure. They've had the body mods to prove it. I don't want to know. Don't ask. Don't <laughs> tell. I don't want to hear. I don't want to see it. So. All, all right. right. I got to get back to work, dude. I, I Okay. All right. Another great podcast, Jay. And uh, thank you I'll, so much. I'll talk, to, I'll talk to you later. And also one last thing. Again, again, special thank you to superfan Jeremy Johnson for listening and, and, and helping spread the word of the show. We really appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And let us know what we can do better. How can we get over the hump to be your, ba- be your favorite? Exactly. All right, Jay. All right. You've survived another podcast from the Fedora Chronicles Network. Find out more about us by visiting our homepage, thefedorachronicles.com. You can support the show by visiting our Zazzle page. Exactly 12.5% of every purchase goes to keeping this and other shows on the Fedora Chronicles Network on the air. That's Zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. Or you can become a Patreon. Click the link, and for a mere dollar a month, you will get early access to the podcast, updates on what we're working on, and so much more. 
thanks for all your support in advance, and thank you to our listeners who have already contributed. Don't forget to search for The Fedora Chronicles on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where we will be keeping you posted on what's happening. Be sure to join the Fedora Chronicles radio show Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Fedora Chronicles news. On behalf of Jason and myself, this is Eric Render King Fisk signing off. Keep your chins up and your fedoras on.